healing is here this morning. I said healing is here this morning. Have you welcomed your neighbor to church today? Maybe you've never even sat beside that person before. If you're sitting beside your spouse, don't look at them. Look at somebody else. Just for this moment, all right? Just for this moment. Uh, praise God. Okay. Somebody you, you haven't seen before, you've never met before, uh, look for them now and shake hands with them. Uh, just try to meet somebody. Somebody new. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. See, when we come to church, we must be able to share the love of God. And one of the ways by which you, uh, you share the love of God is just to go out of your way and say hello to someone. Uh, church is a spiritual family. It's called say, And just say hello. Praise God. I said praise God. How was your week? Uh, I can't hear you. How was your week? You, you see, this service this morning, I must throw a warning ahead. Uh, we're going to be talking. All right, so, and the aim is to break the power of silence. Because <laughs> some, some people are just, you know, very quiet and it's very good, but you're not getting quiet with the devil. That's not good. Because it's not going to do anything except you speak. Praise God. Uh, and that's what I'm talking about this morning. Somebody needs to leave this service and then you, you begin to put your mouth to walk so that it can reshape your destiny, especially in the area of healing. Praise God. I said, praise God. So how was your week? Okay, that, that's, um, that's a confession of something that happened in the past. So how was the new week? Praise God. I declare that your new week is blessed. This new week, God will show up everywhere you show up. And, uh, this new week, there shall be open doors. Amen. If you have to undertake any journey, the journey shall be safe. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Whether you go on the road, you fly in the air, you go by sea, the angels of God keep charge over you. Amen. In the precious name of Jesus. Uh, somebody here needs an understanding, some wisdom to be able to prevail in their fears of life this week. Wisdom is made available to you. Even amen. Amen. Alright, we've been discussing the covenant of healing uh, this uh, season. Covenant of healing. And last Sunday, uh, we shared on the power of the atonement. And if you're not here, I want to encourage that you get a CD and listen, you know, to that message again and again. Uh, last Sunday, we explained the fact that God's original intention is healing and health. When God created the first man, Adam, uh, there was nothing like heal health or bad health around him. All his organs functioned perfectly. His, his life uh, was, you know, just a replica of God's life. He was in charge, he was in control, and everything around him worked well. Until sin came. So when sin came, something went wrong. Before sin came, everything was okay. Then when sin came, something went wrong. He was not only out of peace with God, many other things started to go wrong. And so we said that sin was what brought sickness into the world. 
Because before sin, there was no sickness. Even though we're not discussing poverty this morning, but it's also important to mention that it was sin that brought poverty into this world. It never occurred to Adam that his needs will not be met in any way. His needs were met. Everything that he needed was provided until sin came. And then God told him, look, you're going to... He started to see the limitation in himself. And sin was what brought man to the point where God had to say, you need to sort yourself out. So, sin brought in sickness. And last Sunday, I shared on the power of the atonement from Isaiah 53, we expatiated on the fact that just the same way that sin brought sickness, when Christ came to redeem us from sin, he also redeemed us from all the effects or consequences of, of, of sin. So in Isaiah 53, for instance, you read through the chapter, the particular passage that the Bible was talking about, I mean Isaiah prophesying about Jesus. And like I said last Sunday, this was maybe more than 100 years before Christ came. And Isaiah was just prophesying about what was going to happen. He was talking about this man who, you know, you won't be able to say, call him a common man, a man, you know, of, of sorrow, you know, acquainted with grief. And he said, he said he was, was bruised uh, for our iniquities. Uh, he was wounded for our transgression in verse 5 there. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. He said the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And he said by his stripes we were healed. And from this uh, verse 5 and 6 of Isaiah 53, you see that uh, the price that Christ paid for to redeem us from sin in one quick sweep, he paid all the price once and for all. So, he was wounded for a transgression. While he was being wounded, he was bruised for iniquities. And I said, whether it is, I categorize it, it looked like some people start with transgression, then they go into full blown <laughs> iniquity. <laughs> and I said, whichever one, whether you're just transgressing small, small, or <laughs> Oh, you are in full-blown iniquity. Uh, the price was paid for everything. Say amen, somebody. Amen. So it was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquities. And the Bible says the chastisement of our peace was upon him. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. Last Sunday, I'm going to speak a little more about that. I mean, sorry, next Sunday, I'm going to speak a little more about that. The fact that a lot of the sicknesses that people even, uh, um, you know, experience today, come out of a lot of the time, maybe not out of even well, seeming direct attacks of the devil. You know, the sicknesses they call psychosomatic illnesses. They're born out of stress. Out of emotional disorder. Out of, you know, not just being able to pull yourself together and enjoy the peace of God. So you want to be here next Sunday. We're going to expand a little more about how to enjoy the peace of God and deal with psychosomatic illnesses. So, how do you, Jesus, pay the price for my peace. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. And the Bible says, by stripes. By stripes. I've been made whole. So if he paid the price, then we need to walk in the reality of what he has paid for. And I said, it's, it's not a good thing for us to pay for the same goal twice. 
So if he paid for his bread, healing is supposed to be available for anyone who is part of the kingdom to enjoy freely. And this morning, I believe that someone here is made whole in the name of Jesus. Uh, whether the, the sickness is hereditary, whether it's, it's, um, it's because of, you know, um, you know, something that went wrong or it's always been a part of your life. This month, I trust God to put keys into your hand to gain your perfect healing in the name of Jesus. Somebody may still be asking, why are we emphasizing on healing? Ladies and gentlemen, healing can cut short your destiny. I mean, sorry, sickness can cut short your destiny. Uh, You need sound health and sound mind to fulfill destiny. One of the things that limits us from the full expression of our destiny is heal health. Yeah. There are places you want to go. There are things you want to do. But when you are limited in strength, there are things you want to do. I was tweeting in the course of the week. I, I, you know, I was reading on BBC the story of this 95-year-old woman who just won a medal in eye jump. You know, and I, I, I tweeted it that, you know, saying that age is not a limitation, you know, and all that. It depends on how, you, how you've carried yourself. And somebody tweeted at me and said, oh, Pastor, I don't believe you. And I tweeted the link back to him. I, the woman has a name. She won a medal. You saw the picture. The video is on BBC. <laughs> so go to Babariga for them with unbelief. It's like you just carry your unbelief everywhere. Even with, in the face of facts, people still doubt. Why? Because they just believe that some things are not possible. Was it last year or two years ago that I read a story, real life story, not a story. I, I knew, I mean, a brother in this church was sharing with me about a woman that, relate, that related to him. I think she was um, maybe 52 or 53. She was delivered of a set of twins. You know, and such stories, except you know the people, as in you know someone who has seen it and confirmed, you, you, you tend to want to doubt it. And you see, little wonder we doubt the scriptures. Because those ones were reported, and they happened many years ago. <laughs> and believers are very bad with doubting, really. Very, very. Uh, in fact, <laughs> many believers are supposed to be going around just like that man that Jesus healed. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Because we live in unbelief consistently. In Acts of the Apostles, they nabbed Peter. Peter was kept in prison. And the Bible says at midnight, I think Acts 15 or Acts 16, uh, um, uh, Peter, you know, was set free. And when Peter was set free, uh, Peter went to where they were praying. And a lady went to open the door. And saw Peter. Eh, Peter. Meanwhile, they had been praying since yesterday. That God will deliver Peter. Then Peter came to the door. Eh, Peter. And then he went inside to tell all the prayer warriors who were worried. <laughs> Peter is at the door. They said, Peter, you're out of your mind. Do you understand? I mean, these were believers. Believers, we need to deal with unbelief. We can't just be believers by name, by title, by church. Which church do you go to? Ah, elevation knee. Is, is that what we're talking about here? Do you believe that's what we're talking about? Because when you believe, that's when you get elevated. 
Praise God. <laughs> I went to the door. They told the girl, you're out of your mind. Some said, no, it's his ghost. It's not Peter. Why have you been praying? Ladies and gentlemen, don't be deceived. It's not everybody praying. Some people, they have more faith in their prayer than God. So they say, ah, we've been doing all night since last month. We believe God will move. It's a lie. Because <laughs> if you truly believe God will move, there are certain things you should be doing now. If you can pray, you know, pray 30 minutes and take, take correct steps. I believe in your prayer. More than 30 days fasting and you're on the same spot and you're not moving. Because these people were praying, 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 praying. Peter showed up at the door. They told the girl, you're mad. It's not Peter. Are you not expecting that God will answer your prayer? And I'm speaking to somebody here this morning. Are you not expecting that God will answer your prayer or what? Or have you turned this thing to just a spiritual exercise? Are God what we have trusted him for? But this one that you say, I'm a believer. But you, you can't even believe to, for God to heal your headache. Let the weak say that I'm strong. Then as I'm saying that I'm strong, then I begin to do the things that strong people can do. Glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeah. I begin to take steps. I begin to do things that strong people can do. And then God starts to show up for me. I'm speaking this morning on what I've titled, How to Release Your Faith for Healing. How to Release Your Faith for Healing. And I want you to understand something this morning. I'm teaching this from the point of view that some of us will also have to teach this to people. So you need to understand it very well so you can teach it. But much more than that, also understand that the principle that I'm teaching this morning, the principle of releasing your faith, it's, it can be transpositioned to any other area of life. So please register those two things. One is that God will use you someday to teach people what I'm teaching this morning. Secondly, is that the principle that I'm teaching can be transpositioned. So it, it works for healing, and it works in your finances, and it works, you know, it works for your career. It works in every other area. I hope you understand. But we're focusing it this morning on healing. How to release your faith for healing. So we, we have the understanding that God's original intention is that we live in healing and health. And I've said sickness came as a result of the fall of man. But Jesus described healing as children's bread. In Matthew 15, when you read from Bain, Have mercy on me. O Lord, son of David, my daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and hugged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good. To take children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Jesus called this woman or a clan little dogs. But it was not meant to be offensive. Our, our Savior is not rude. He was just making, you know, an analogy. Yeah. That, you see, in a house you have 
kids and you have pets, right? When it comes to certain things, this person is not a member of this household enough to be able to partake of this type. Now, when Jesus was here in the early, I mean, his early ministry, he emphasized the fact that, look, I have come to seek the ones who are lost in the household of Israel, first and foremost. And even when he gave his disciples their charge, he said they should start from Jerusalem, then to Judea, then to Samaria. That was the first time they are going to, the gospel will cross border to Samaria and then to the uttermost part of the world. But the Jerusalem is, first of all, the household. So that was what he was saying. That was why he addressed issues that border on Judaism. He was talking to everybody. He was talking to Israel. All right? When they received the Ten Commandments, it wasn't for the Philistines were not obeying Ten Commandments. Goliath did not know Ten Commandments. If you have read your Bible very well. All right? He was talking to the household of Israel. And Jesus went face to face with the laws of Moses and, and, you know, and the ordinances in Leviticus and all that. And I was teaching them different ways. He wanted to give them a new understanding of these things. So he said, healing, if you are part of the covenant of Abraham, healing is a package that's meant for you. This woman, because of her faith and the fact that this guy has this power and he can release it anyhow, he still, she still got her healing. Even though, as at that material point in time, she seemingly was not qualified. I hope you understand what I'm saying. But according to Galatians 3, verse 13, the Bible says that those of us who are now believers in Christ Jesus, that believe, we believe in the death and resurrection of Jesus, we believe he hung on the cross for us, we are now part of the commonwealth of Israel. So, by implication, what Jesus said here, that healing is children's bread, now applies to you and I. Because by believing in Christ, we have become Abraham's seed. And we are heirs according to the promise. Say amen, somebody. Amen. Or say better amen, somebody. Amen. So healing is children's bread. The woman said, yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, oh woman, great is your faith. Great is your faith. Why? Because you won't just say, look, ah, well, some people have an attitude, even in their pain. <laughs> some people are proud, even in their pain. And that's why the pain is not going. All right? I say, ah, what? Because we say you should heal us. And now calling us dog. <laughs> it's not that bad. I'll go and see my doctor. Go. <laughs> And, you know, the truth is that with apologies to medical professionals here, sometimes in a bid to help people to regain their health, they're also treated like guinea pigs. Am I saying the truth? Yeah, and I don't mean that to be derogatory in any way. It's just part of the profession. People have to be tested in all kinds of ways. And, you know, somebody you don't know from Adam is touching your body anyhow. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. It's just a choice. I, whether I want to release my faith and get my healing or, you know, or I, 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 I want to be subjected to, you know. Because the point I'm trying to make this morning is that Jesus said healing is children's bread. So it's supposed to be staple food that we have access to as believers in Christ Jesus. 
And so when I fixed my gaze on trusting God for my healing, God said he will heal me. And ladies and gentlemen, another thing that I want you to understand is that God's word is our number one medicine. So we need to put pressure on it. God's word is, is, is our number one medicine people. I mean, if you, if you take medicine and, you know, you pray, God will heal you with it. But what I'm saying this morning is that if your faith rests only on that medicine, if it will fail, your faith will fail. Your faith will fail. Two Wednesdays time at Switch, we'll have a medical doctor, who is also a preacher, Dr. Chris Williams, who will be speaking and, you know, he'll be talking about this more. Faith, medicine, you know, and all that. But I'm just kind of laying some foundation in that area to say that even when we take drugs, our faith is not in the drug. If you're a believer, see, if a non-believer takes drug, if that drug fails to work, that's the end. Yeah. If I have to take a pill, when I feel better, I thank God, not the pill. Because <laughs> some people took that, those pills and it didn't work for them. I hope you understand what I'm saying. So I'm releasing my faith in God, first and foremost, and in God's word, first and foremost. So God's word is number one of medicine that has been made available to us. The truth is that God is not moved by pain. God is moved by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Pain doesn't move God. It's faith that moves God. I hope you understand what I'm saying this morning. Yeah, faith, I mean, pain can draw compassion. But the rubber meets the road when faith, you know, when faith and the power of God collides. That's when the rubber meets the road. I hope somebody's getting me this, this morning. Yeah. Faith can, I mean, pain can get attention. But Jesus got to people in pain and he said, you believe I can do this? Or what? And then he will say what he wanted and said, do you believe I can do this? Because Faith is what really draws the power out. Is somebody say with me this morning? Yeah, faith is what draws the power out. And faith simply is believing the word of God and obeying the word of God, declaring the word of God. That's faith. Believe it, declare it, obey it, act on it. That's faith. I believe the word of God, I declare it, and then I act on it. That's real faith. Look at Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 20, 20 to 22. Proverbs 4, 20 to 22. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my saying. Do not let them depart from your heart, from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. One translation says they are medicine to their flesh. The word of God spoken in faith is the most powerful medicine available for healing. Can I say that one more time? The word of God spoken in faith is the most powerful medicine available for healing. That's the most powerful medicine that's available for healing. The word of God spoken in faith. The word of God spoken in faith. It's the most powerful medicine available for healing. It's the most powerful. Most powerful. Christianity is never, you know, 
It's revealed knowledge. The Bible says the secret things belong to God. The things that are revealed belong to us and our children. So if it is revealed, it belongs to us. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. God is omniscient. He knows all things. There are diseases that in 1920, they were killer diseases today. You just take a pill and you're okay. Because over a period of time, people researched and searched and God revealed the knowledge. There are diseases that, are, that don't have a cure right now and five years down the line, you have the natural cure for it. Because God keeps revealing knowledge. Keeps revealing knowledge. Keeps revealing knowledge. But science is just the quest for knowledge. God is the all-knowing God. He's a custodian of all knowledge. You can't discover anything except he releases it. I hope you understand what I'm saying. So you see the connection. But the number one medicine is actually the word of God. Say, so do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Somebody say, I'll keep the word of God in my heart. Or say it again, say, I'll keep the word of God in my heart. Or tell somebody for me this morning, say, keep the word of God in your heart. Let me tell you why you need to keep the word of God in your heart. Whether you have the capacity to memorize, and you have it in chapter and verse, or you just know that the Bible says, you should know. You should know what the Bible says. One of the reasons why you need to keep the word of God in your heart is that without the word of God in your heart, you cannot fight what we call a good fight of faith. How does a good fight of faith work? Is that some things come into your heart and they bring truth that is bringing into your heart. Then they become, they take residence in your heart. And then they become a part of your life. But when they make the word of God there, what happens is that a good fight of faith will start. Because the word that is already stored in your heart will want to stand against that thing. And everything also will raise its defense. And then, before you know it, the Bible says in Act uh, 1920, so might, mightily grew the word of God, and it prevails. So the word of God grows in your heart, and then it prevails over that situation. Prevails over that knowledge that is contrary to the will of God. That's the good fight of faith. But when you don't have the word of God in your heart, little things will make you cry. Because they will just come and take residence in your heart. They will come and dominate your heart. And overwhelm your heart. Is somebody say with me today? So, writer of Proverbs says in Proverbs 4.20, My son, give attention to my word. Incline your hair to my sayings. Incline. To incline means to be deliberate. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Be deliberate. You don't incline by playing. You understand? You, you, to, because to incline means to get a particular angle, you know. Or tilt. It's a deliberate effort. It's a deliberate effort. So what the scripture is saying here is, be deliberate about how you hear my word. Don't, don't leave it to chance. Don't hear it anyhow. Don't, don't hear it as it comes. Just be deliberate. Incline your ears to my sins. Do not let them depart from your eyes. So you need to keep them closed. The one you keep in your heart is for the good fight of faith. And that's what I'm talking about. Don't forget we're discussing how to release your faith for healing. What happens to a man that is saying, look, um, you see, let me describe a natural man. And then let me describe somebody who is positioned to fight a good fight of faith. So somebody is having consistent headache. A consistent headache. Then you went to the hospital 
And they said, huh? This headache has been so consistent. We need to uh, maybe carry out some tests. And then they carried out the, this test. And then they said, hmm. see, there are two things. Is it that this thing has, is coming from maybe one organ that is malfunctioning, that is putting pressure on something? You know the way they talk? Yeah. Doctors, please, just, just give me a break this morning, all right? <laughs> just permit me. <laughs> so, they, or they say, uh, maybe something is growing somewhere that is putting pressure on a particular nerve. And that's why the headache is consistently there. If you, are, if you get, God forbid, if you get that kind of news and you don't have the word stored up in your heart, what happens is that you start to internalize it. It breeds fear in your heart. It starts to overwhelm you. Some people, that day, they begin to plan their funeral. I'm telling you, because they just, for some natural men, that's, that's the end. They begin to imagine, ah, that thing that killed Uncle So and So, ah, that's come again. And then immediately they will begin to think of, okay, am I sure I have my will written? Uh, what's going to happen to this person? They begin to, and then they become very quiet from that point because they're thinking a lot. They have signed out. Why? Because there's nothing, there's no anchor or pillar in their heart. There's nothing that can withstand that. But you can imagine if you, that kind of news comes and the first thing that comes to your mind is to say, with long life, it will satisfy me and show me salvation. So I cannot die but live to declare the words of God. And, you know, such words start to come into your heart. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So I believe in God. I believe God is able to keep me in perfect peace as my mind is stayed on him. And you know that he said, I send my word and heal them and deliver them from all their destructions. So you begin to gather scriptures together. Say, put more in your spirit to fortify your heart, to be able to withstand. And the Bible talks about the shield of faith. He said, we'll fight every fairy darts of the devil. And you receive, you, you, you begin to consider that statement as an assault, as a fairy dart from the devil, and you raise the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit. The Bible calls it the word of God. And then you see that your, your courage is different. You don't, you don't begin to, to think about your will at that time. You, you, you tell yourself, this time to fight the good fight of faith. And the scripture says, fight a good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life. If you were in here last year, you need to get a series that I taught. A series titled 45. Overcoming spiritual attacks. You need to get it. And, and devour it. Especially if you haven't fought. You are yet to fight a real good fight of faith. Because someday, you may need to fight a good fight of faith. If you are not fighting it in your finance, you fight it maybe in your health. You, fight, you, you, you will need to demonstrate that you believe in the power of God sometime. I hope you understand what I'm saying. And you need to know how to fight a good fight of faith. Let them not depart from your heart. For they are life to them that find it and health to all their flesh. Talking about the word of God. I think the Living Bible Translation says they are medicine to all their flesh. The word of God spoken in faith is the greatest medicine that's available to believers. We need to understand that we need to understand that. 
If you believe, you will speak. Tap your neighbor for me this morning. It's time to start speaking. You are too quiet. Sometimes you can be too quiet. And, and you are no longer the one running your life. Something else will start to run your life. Proverbs 18 verse 21. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. So you can say sickness and health are in the power of the tongue. So you can shape your life with faith-filled words. I love the message translation of Proverbs 18.21. It says, words kill. Words give life. They are either poison or fruit. You choose. You choose. Words kill. Words give life. They are either poison or fruit. You choose. Either poison or fruit, you can choose. Ladies and gentlemen, there's power in spoken word. And in releasing our faith for healing, we must engage the power in the spoken word. We must engage the power in the spoken word. In Mark 11, when you read from verse 22, so Jesus answered and said to them, his disciples, after they asked him about the fig tree, he said, Master, the fig tree that you cursed is now dried up. What happened? And he told them, this in Mark 11, 22 uh, to 23. He says, so Jesus answered them, answered and said to them, have faith in God. I think it's the uh, Good News translation or so that says, have the God kind of faith. And how does the God kind of faith operate? He said, for surely I say to you, whoever say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. And does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatsoever he says. And this morning, because the issue of health is very important, you need to learn how to reconstruct your health with your mouth. Whosoever will say. So saying is critical to the demonstration of God's power. Somebody say with me this morning, say I will say. Oh, say it again. Say, I will say. I will say. Saying is critical to the demonstration of God's power in your life. What you say is critical to what you see. And when it comes to our health, we must be deliberate about what we're saying. Critical. Extremely critical to what we see. Extremely critical to what we see. Let me, let me, let me, let me just try to stretch this a little more. Matthew Chapter 8 and verse number 5. Tell your neighbor, it's time to speak healing. It's time to speak health. It's time to speak life. It's time to speak abundance. It's time to speak peace. Glory be to Jesus. Matthew chapter 8, when you read from verse 5, the story of the centurion. I love this story for one reason. Because Jesus acknowledged that he has not seen this kind of faith before in Israel. He called this guy's faith a real faith, a, a, a great faith. You know, he, he, even Christ was baffled by this understanding of faith, this dimension. I mean, how this guy went about explaining it and what he did. The centurion approached Jesus in Matthew chapter 8 and, and, and verse 5 and he said, Master, my, 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 my servant is lying at home. 
you know, paralyzed and dreadfully tormented. And said to Jesus, and Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. And then he told him, you, you don't need to come. I'm not worried to have you under my roof. And what did he say? I can't hear you. Oh, come on, say it again. He said, speak the word only. Speak the word only and my servant shall be. And this, this, I, I want you to follow me with this. He explained the premise. He said, you know why? I believe that if you speak the word only, my servant will be healed. He said, because I'm also a man under authority. And I understand how these things work. He said, I say to one, go, and he goes. I say to another, come, and he comes. Let, let, let me try to describe what this guy was talking about to you. How many of us have seen an army, you know, in battle array before, when they, when they will be marching in, on the parade ground? You, you, you see them, you know, they will line up and everybody will, all right? Now, assume that a commanding officer, maybe a general, just shows up. And the general just walked up to the parade ground and walked around them and walk around them, you know, with a swag. <laughs> just keep walking and walking. And he won't open his mouth. What would they do? They'll be looking and watching and watching. But when you see a real general come to the parade ground, you may not understand what he says, but they do. When he says, pray, sure. All you hear is, what? <laughs> I hope you understand what I'm saying. Except they followed you from the village. You won't do. <laughs> I hope you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> because all he needed to say is just to give the command. This guy said, Master, give the command. I understand how these things work. I understand how these things work. There's nobody that's born where. If I give command, and he won't answer. And you have that power of command. It- Look at lieutenants and generals and oh, keeping their mouth shut with sealed lips. You're like just a general walking around the parade ground with a swag. <laughs> How you understand what I'm saying? So you see migraine headache, you see, you know, uh, uh, hepatitis, you see diabetes and all that. They are waiting for you to just talk. But your lips are sealed. They watch your swag. But they breathe themselves. Tap your neighbor for me. It's time to speak. Because that's how we release our faith for healing in the kingdom of God. That's how we release our faith. This guy said, look, 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 look. Ah, no, no, no. <laughs> it's like you telling me to... I have to go into the house of a soldier to say, come out. If I stay outside and I make a command, except it's not a part of this platoon. If I make a command, it comes. So I say to one, go, and it goes. I say to another one, come, and it comes. So just speak the word only. And the word of God in the mouth of God is as powerful. I mean, the word of God in my mouth is as powerful as the word of God in the mouth of God. It's not about who is saying it. It's about what is being said. That's why he says that whosoever shall say. Mark 11, 22. Jesus said, whosoever shall say. 
It's what is being said. And with which authority you are saying it. You know, walking with a swag. And migraine is having a field day. You speak to it. Alright? You speak to it. When everyone looks down, they're not interested in your three-piece suit. They're interested in your wholeness and health. It's time we stop using clothes to cover up what is hurting. And we engage our mouth and release our faith for healing that God has promised us. Say amen, somebody. That's what God has promised us. He's promised us healing. He's promised us healing and we must claim our healing. My faith is released through the power of the spoken word. Faith is released through the power of the spoken word. Let the weak say that I'm strong. Not that I'm not weak, I'm strong. I hope you understand what I'm saying. The Bible says, God calls the things that be not as though they were. Not the things that be as though they were not. No. In the kingdom of God, we don't argue, we declare. Yeah, we don't argue, we declare. We call the things that be not as though they were. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed. So I'm redeemed. So I'm saying so. That's all. That's, 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 that's. We are with the same spirit of faith. We believe, therefore we speak. So if you have the spirit of faith in you, then you speak. When the devil wants to deal with anybody, one of the first things he, he would do is to make sure that your mouth is shut. And that when you open it at all, you are saying the wrong things. Is it that the mouth is shut? Or the mouth with me today? Glory be to Jesus. I said glory be to Jesus. So as we continue to declare, we declare, we declare the word of God. We declare the word of God. And then healing comes. Let me round off this morning uh, uh, by just mentioning a few things in addition. Apart from declaring the word of God, you also need to recognize that you need to engage the name of Jesus. In Acts chapter 3, uh, Peter and John at the gate, beautiful. They met this man. All they said was silver and gold we do not have. In the name of Jesus, they jacked the man up. So sometimes we declare with the name of Jesus. And Jesus said in Matthew 16, he said, and King James said, it you have asked me nothing. But he said, ask and you shall receive and your joy will be full. So sometimes we place a demand Lord, in the name of Jesus, I ask, I place a demand on your healing power. And I receive that healing, you know, in this direction or in that direction. And sometimes, you may even need help of other believers, other saints. How how do we engage that in healing? For instance, in Matthew 18 verse 19, Jesus said, If two of you shall agree as touching anything. So sometimes I call a brother or a sister. Who also has faith. We agree together. And on the power of agreement. Power of God flows. Don't forget we are talking about how to release your faith for healing. You can agree with your spouse. You can agree with your friend. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Bible for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him. Anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And if he has committed any sin. Bible says he shall be forgiven him. So healing can also be received through anointing with oil. The Bible says, let them call for the elders of the church. I believe that should be, if it is an issue that 
we have dealt with, dealt with, dealt with, then we can go to that level. Is somebody with me this morning? I said, are you with me this morning? Another way by which we engage other believers in receiving your healing is that the Bible says uh, that this sign shall follow them that believe. He said, in my name, they shall cast out dev- devils. And if they touch any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Have you read that in your Bible before? I said, have you read that in your Bible before? So if you have read that in your Bible before, then you know that you can, you can lay hands on the sick. And if you need healing, the least that can happen is for a believer to lay hands on you and you begin to recover. Even if church leadership is not available to anoint you with oil. Because all, these are all provisions made in the Bible. Because it said a believer can lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. When was the last time you lay hands on your child? All this one that something happens on the hospital, hospital, khaki, khaki. Lay hands first. I'm not saying don't go to the hospital, but lay hands first. You are a believer. You are not a doubter. Lay hands first. God did not say you are the healer. He just said, you, I need your hand. Lay it. I hope you understand what I'm saying. You know the reason why many of us don't lay hands? He said, these signs shall follow them that believe. Are they the manufacturer of signs? No. It follows them. They don't manufacture it. I hope you understand what I'm saying. All he's saying is, if you believe, signs will follow you. But you have to represent, so lay hand. You are not the manufacturer of the sign. God just needs your hand. Lay it. Let, don't be preoccupied with, will they be here? Will they not be here? Lord, you said the sign will follow. This is my hand. And I pray. I see them start to recover. Yeah. So before you rush somebody to the hospital, and leave them at the mercy of someone that you don't even know where they went to medical school. <laughs> Do the needful first. And I'm not casting aspersion on our medical professionals. Apologies if it sound like, sounded like that. I'm serious. I'm only saying that before you hand over somebody that is in your care to somebody else, do the one that is within your capacity. Do the one that is within your capacity first. Lay hands, pray. Then, you've done your part. Then you can say, okay, let's go to the hospital. Some people don't even remember what the word says. Anything happened, hospital, you know, that's the next thing. Where's the hospital card? Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Praise God. I said, praise God. Lastly, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. The Bible talks about the gifts of healing. And it said it's given by the Holy Spirit. So sometimes we come to that point where we expose ourselves to somebody with the gift of healing. And then they pray with us. And the gift that the Holy Spirit has given them flows. But because God knows that we're not supposed to be that dependent on somebody carrying the gift of healing, he said, at least signs will follow believers. He said, whatever place where you worship, you can call on the elders of that church. They can pray over you. He said, you can pray. In prayer of agreement with a friend, with a spouse. And he said, you can pray in the name of Jesus and demand your healing. And then you can continue to speak faith-filled words that will lead to your healing 
been in consistent manifestation. Lift your hand this morning and say after me. Say, I will speak. I will say. I will declare. I will command. Say, my mouth shall no longer be shut. In the name of Jesus. Say, I receive power to declare, to proclaim, to demand, to command. In the name of Jesus. Say, I speak life. I speak health. I speak abundance. I speak favor. I speak the hand of God over everything that has to do with me. Say, I'm walking in victory by the power in the name of Jesus. Say, I'm a believer. I'm not a doubter. Say, I'm a believer. I'm not a doubter. I believe in the power of God. I believe that power is at work in my life. Is at work in my health. Is at work in my finances. It has worked in my life. Be short. Say, I will speak over my children, over my business. Glory be to Jesus. Glory be to Jesus. In one moment, as we round up the service, I want you to practice what we just learned. Speak. If you don't have any sickness and there's no one around you that is sick, then speak into other areas of your life. Just declare.